0: gospel accounts. We're going to look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tonight, Uh, and uh, I want to share a couple of things with you and be an encouragement to you this evening. As we think about the life of Peter, we think about uh, quite a bit, matter of fact. Um, We are taking this time over the next couple of weeks in the summer to study the life of Peter, and the the theme of the entire study, if you were to say it that way, uh, is stand out. Stand out. We are good. We have green is stand out now if you study the life of peter you're going to find out that peter definitely stands out uh, there are times whenever peter stand out we just looked at peter walking on the water and he stood out uh, in that passage of scripture peter stood out for the good and peter also sometimes if we're not careful uh, all we look at is the, the fact that peter stood out in the sense of him uh, looking at the, the circumstances and the problems and everything that he was facing and we only focus on the negative but peter stood out he got out of the boat unlike the other disciples and uh, as you look at this portion of Scripture here in a few moments that we're going to look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is a moment where there isn't uh, much positive, if any at all. You see, standing out, as you think about standing out in the, in the Christian life, standing out, we have the decision and the opportunity every single day of our lives as the children of God to make the decision if we're going to stand out for God and make a, a difference or if we're going to stand out for God. ...in the sense of we're not doing anything. We're standing out. We're hindering the work of God. We're, we're hindering the, the testimony of what a child of God might even look like. And so as you think about your own personal life... ...you must ask yourself this question... Are you standing out? You're standing out, but how are you standing out? Are you standing out for good or are you standing out for bad? And so take your Bibles, if you would. We're going to look at Luke uh, tonight. Luke, mainly, we will look at other passages in Matthew, Mark, and also John. But take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter chapter number 22 for a few moments. And we're going to look at the denial of Christ here. The denial of Christ. Now, as you look at this passage of Scripture, you're going to notice that, that Peter definitely stands out. Uh, it's one of the, the 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 worst moments of Peter's life that you are going to read about here in just a few moments, and many of you, if not all of you, have read this pastoral scripture many many times. You know this story. If I were to call on one of you at the uh, at any moment, you could stand up and you could share the exact details about this pastoral scripture and this story that we are going to read here in a few moments. This account in the Word of God. And so, look with me if you would, Luke chapter 22. Verse number 54, the Bible says this, "...then they took him and led him, and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them, but a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him and said, "...this man was also with him." And he denied him, saying, "...woman, I know him not." And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, and How he had said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Now we're going to spend much of our time walking back and forth through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John this evening, but I want you to notice as we kind of give a little bit of an introduction to this portion of scripture, the very night before the crucifixion of Christ, you can imagine everything that's taking place and all that is going on. It was a rough night, if you would, for Peter. This was not a great night for Peter. This is not a a night as you you go and you look at the the life of Peter that you look back and you say, you know what? One of my favorite times in Peter's life is whenever he denies the Lord three times. That is not something that we would do. It's not something that Peter, as as he looks back on his life, you can imagine as he looks back and he sees the, the scope of everything he had been able to experience. This is a night that haunts him over and over and over again. You see, every single one of us have those times in in our lives where even though we have gotten it settled, even though we've gotten maybe uh, clarification and everything is okay, or we've maybe dealt with the situation, asked for forgiveness, there are certain times in our life where we go back to and say, you know what, even though everything is fine, even though I got clarification, even though I got forgiveness, even though that person was hurt and I went to them and we're fine now, that is still a time, that is still a moment that still to this day haunts me. Every single one of us have those situations in our lives. And this is one for Peter where, as you can imagine, this moment, notice what the Bible says in verse number 61, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Now we're going to come back to this here in a few moments uh, later on this evening and look at this statement right here. But can you imagine that moment right there? You see, Peter, in this night, it was a, not a pleasant night. It was not a great night for Peter. Peter is about to make some of the strongest statements he would ever make. Now I don't know about you, but I I truly believe that Peter loved the Lord. I believe he did. I believe Peter wanted to to do everything he could to, to take the burden off the Lord and to serve the Lord and walk with the Lord. I believe he did. Take your Bibles, if you would, and look with me in the book of Matthew for just a moment. I want you to see some of these verses here in Matthew chapter number 26, verse number 33. And you can kind of, maybe if you have a ribbon, mark these spots. We're going to come back to each of these passages multiple times. But in Matthew chapter number 26, verse number 33, As you see here, the Bible says, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, This night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. I mean, think about that statement. That's a strong statement. That's not one that Peter is just kind of flippantly saying. I believe Peter really believed that he was going to be okay, that he was going to not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles back, if you would, to the book of John. And as you come to John, you come to John chapter number 13. And again, Peter, we're just looking at different perspectives here for just a few moments. In verse number 37 of John 13, the Bible says, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow Thee now? I will lay down my life for Thy sake. Strong statements. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can follow the account, and you can see that in each of these, Peter is making these strong statements, and we're getting a look at how he is handling the situation, and what he is saying, and and different viewpoints, if you would. But Peter believed that he could do this. He wasn't going to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in one of the darkest nights that we're going to see in the life of Peter, he's making some of the strongest statements that one can make. I mean, Jesus, he, he knows everything. He's walked with the Lord and he makes the statement, I will lay down my life for you. The strongest statements Peter is making, but he's also hearing some of the most difficult statements concerning him. Look with me, if you would, go back to the book of Matthew for just a few moments. As you look in Matthew 26 again, you see in verse number 34, notice what the Bible says. We'll back up, verse number 34, it says this. Jesus said unto him, "Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Imagine for just a moment you're, you're with maybe an individual that you admire greatly or that you are with maybe one of your closest friends or maybe with a family member that you adore, that you love, and you're talking to that person and that person looks at you and says, No, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna betray me. You're going to deny me. You're you're not going to act as though you know me. You're going to to do something like this. And imagine for just a few moments hearing those words. Notice what Peter says here. In verse number 35, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Some strong statements. But he's also hearing some strong statements. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Mark. In Mark chapter number 14. I believe in Mark chapter number 14. He does the the best job of making it very clear to Peter what he is about to experience. Uh, Making it very clear concerning that evening and what Peter is going to do. In the account of Mark, we see, if you would, look with me in verse number 30, the Bible says, back up to 29, it says, But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I... And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee. Notice how, how very direct and clear this is. It says that this day, not only this day, but he goes on to say, Even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And so you, you notice here that in this count right here, he is making it clear that not only you're going to deny me, but not only this day you're going to deny me, but even in this night you're going to do so. Very clear. Some of the strongest statements that Peter is making and some of the hardest statements that Peter is having to take, if you would, are taking place in this very moment. Now, we would all agree that in in the life of Peter, as we think about this standing out, there are times in Peter's life where uh, Peter might have fallen, Peter might have failed, Peter might have done some things that we look back and say, why did he do that? Why did he say that? Why was he so harsh? Why was he so brash, if you would? But we cannot look at Peter's life and say that Peter didn't love the Lord. Peter was willing to do some things that other disciples were not willing to do. Peter was willing to say some things that others were thinking but were unwilling to say themselves. Peter was going to do anything he could for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I read this passage of Scripture, I cannot look at this passage of Scripture and read it and, and truly believe that Peter was saying these things and did not mean them. I believe he meant these things. But I want you to notice a couple of things with me if you would. Notice with me, number one, we see Peter's willingness. Go back to the book of Luke if you would. And we see some things concerning, uh, maybe uh, in, in Peter's situation, some things that maybe hindered him in truly helping him understand that though he meant it, he didn't go about it the right way. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 54 of Luke 22. It says, then they took him and led him and brought him into the priest's house. And Peter followed afar off, and when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This is whenever it's about to get into everything that Peter is about to endure. The things that he is about to, to, to endure concerning what Jesus had already said about him denying him. And in Matthew, as you are holding your place there, we see Peter's willingness very clear here. In verse number 33 of Matthew 26, he says, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. We've all been in these situations. These situations where we spoke without really evaluating the the circumstances. Where we spoke without really con- configuring and-, and trying to really I- I- figure out exactly what is going to go into what we're about to experience. As a church, we laugh about it now, but in, in many cases we were able to accomplish it only by the grace of God. But whenever we went and looked at that, that skating rink and they said, hey, do you guys want this? I said, yeah, let's take it. Let's do it. We can do this. We didn't really calculate exactly how hard it was going to be. We didn't really think about how much work it was going to be. And we've all been there. We've said, yeah, we'll do this. And then all of a sudden we get ourselves into it and we're saying, wait a second. What does that exactly mean? What does it entail? What's going to happen? And so notice with me what takes place in verse number 33. He says, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Now, in this portion of Scripture, you begin to see a couple of warning signs that we can listen to here tonight. Notice with me the two warning signs that you see here immediately in verse number 33. The first one is this, that Peter begins to compare himself to others. What a dangerous thing in the Christian life for us to do is he says this right here. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Comparison is a dangerous thing. As you begin to think about the Christian life, sometimes if we're not careful, we begin to look at other people's failures and their their fallings and their, their shortcomings, and we say, oh man, look at them and look at me, and we think we, we begin to put ourselves up on a pedestal only to find out that we too can fall just like that individual. If you're not careful, you start comparing yourself with other people. And you start comparing yourself in their situations and their circumstances. And one of the most dangerous things is to try to figure out why someone has this and you don't have this. Or why someone's able to do this and you're not able to do this. And all of a sudden, you've gotten yourself into a place. And and Peter has gotten himself into this situation where he says, Though all men shall be Hey, they might be offended. They, 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 them. they're, They're the ones who are offended. Notice what he says right here. He begins to compare, but then he begins to think too highly of himself. Notice what he says right here at the very end of verse number 33. Yet will I... Notice this next word. It's a dangerous word. Never. Never. You say, what are you talking about? It's a dangerous word. There are individuals that we will look at, and as Christians we will see other Christians. And maybe there's a Christian who has just fallen... And maybe they've gotten themselves into some, some dangerous situations, maybe they're living in sin, and we look at that, that Christian's life and we say, I would never. Maybe you know a Christian who has fallen because of some lies in their own life, and you look at them and say, I would never do such a thing. Maybe you know of si- certain situations or, or certain times in people's lives, and you begin to compare yourself, and you, you say, Lord, I would never do such a thing. Now notice with me for just a few moments. Peter Peter walked with the Lord. Peter was able to see some miracles. Peter was able to listen to the Lord. Peter was able to spend time with the Lord. Peter was able to experience all of these things. And in this moment right here, Peter says, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, I would never. I would never. You see a warning sign right here. And this warning sign right here that you find in verse number 33 is a warning sign of Peter thinking a little bit too highly of himself. He began to miss out and misunderstand or forget the simple truth that it's only by the grace of God. You see, you can live your whole life trying to go about and do this and do that and you can serve in ministries and you can and stand before people and speak and you can teach and you can, you can even preach you can, and maybe stand behind the pulpit and sing and you can do all of these many things, but if you're doing it in and through your own self-will, you're doing it in and through your own selfishness, you, you think that your ability and your talent and your self-will to, to get those things accomplished, you're missing the key ingredient, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. And Peter, in this exact moment right here, he's not listening to the warnings. You see, the first thing that he does is he begins to compare. The second thing that he does is he thinks a little bit too highly of himself. If we were to put it into to context for just a moment, me being a preacher, to help you to understand, if I were about to go and to preach, let's just say I got invited to a, a special meeting and some of you walked up and you, you began to talk to me and you say, man, you must really be i mean nervous. This is a, a great meeting. Let's just go ahead and for just a few moments as I'm talking to you, all of a sudden, a little bit of pride and a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of selfishness creeps in and say, and I say, ha, ha, I've got this i've got this what's taking place i'm setting myself up i'm setting myself up i'm beginning to think a little highly of myself peter begins to think a little highly of himself and in this moment right here he says i will never but in verse number 34 notice what takes place it says jesus said unto him verily i say unto thee that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice." hey there's a warning Jesus says, hey, look, look, Peter, you're not listening. Look, pay attention to this. You will deny me. Peter says in verse number 34 or 35, Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. A warning from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is trying to, to get Peter to understand that, hey, Peter, you're not understanding. You're not getting it. You know, in this portion of scriptures, you go and you look with me for just a moment. Look at the book of Mark for just a minute. Go with me to the book of Mark and verse uh, chapter number fourteen of the book of Mark. In Mark chapter number fourteen, as you come here and you begin to see that in verse number thirty, again he is trying to get Peter to understand this, and he says. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Go with me to the book of John for just a moment, because I want you to notice something here. In the book of John, chapter number 13, John 13. As you study this story and this passage of Scripture out, you'll begin to, to really see some things concerning what's taking place here. And as you look in verse number 36 for just a moment, the Bible says, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither, thou, uh, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him and said, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Barely, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Account after account after account. Matter of fact, Peter was warned that Satan was desiring to sift him as wheat. Peter, warning after warning after warning, and Peter was willing to do these things but he wasn't willing to adhere to the warnings from the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Peter was willing to stand with the Lord. The Bible goes on to tell us in Ephesians chapter number six, verse number 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, notice this statement, to stand. You know, it's one thing for us to say it. It's another thing for us to truly get to it. To, you know, to, 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 to stand and to stand for the Lord, it takes a little bit of grit. It's not, it's not meant for, uh, excuse me for just a moment, it's not meant for sissies. If you want to stand, it means you've got to really work at it. It means you've got to have a little bit of thick skin. It means you're going to have to endure some hard moments. It's not someone, for someone who says, hey, I'm willing to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you don't really know what that truly means. That means you're going to get persecuted at times. That means that you're going to get your feelings hurt maybe at some times. That means you're going to go through some situations that are really difficult. It takes a little bit of grit. It takes a little bit of determination. It takes a little bit of dedication. It takes a little bit of of, of dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ and helping yourself to understand, Lord, I need you if I'm going to stand. You can stand right this very moment and make that statement that you're going to stand, but you can't do it in and of your own self. Peter was thinking that, Lord, I'm going to die for thee. Lord, I'm not going to deny me. Lord, I've got this. And sure enough, look with me in the book of Luke. As you see all of this taking place. In the book of Luke, you come to chapter number 22. And you see right before your very eyes, Peter is making all of these statements And in verse number 56, but a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. Now notice this. Bible says, and he denied him. Verse number 58, thou art also of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. Verse number 59, of a truth, this fellow was also with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he spake, the cock crew. Peter was willing to stand. Peter was willing to die. Do you think about dying for the Lord? Do you think about giving your life to the Lord? And there there are some Christians, we've looked at some who are willing to truly die for the Lord. There were some that you go and you study, some great Christians of the faith, that they were willing to do whatever it meant to use their life for the Lord, even if that truly meant dying for the Lord Jesus Christ. They put themselves in harm's way. They went to mission fields that were dangerous. They went to, to places that were recommended not for them to even step foot on, all for the cause of Christ. And if we're not careful sometimes in and, and, and 2022 as we live in America, we will make statements like, Lord, I will do whatever it is that you have for me, Lord. I will die for you. And here's the truth of the matter. None of us, if we're being completely honest, are ever going to truly say that we would die for the Lord Jesus Christ if we're not first willing to die to self we're too prideful or we're too, we're too full of ourselves we, we we might say lord it sounds good and i want to but if you're not willing to die to sell first then why would you think that you'd be willing to die for jesus christ you know you know how you can start by making a statement that you're willing to stand for the lord and do something for the lord start sharing the gospel with some souls start telling some people about jesus Peter is understanding the circumstance that he's about to find himself in. His willingness was overshadowed by his self-confidence in himself. I would never. Though they, Lord, they might, but Lord, I would never deny thee. A book that impacted my life while I was in college, It was a, there were certain times whenever um, you would be um, recommended slash required to purchase a book. And uh it was a small book. It's, it's, it's a very tiny book, probably less than 100 pages, I think. And it's a book that has really changed my life. I've probably read it about 10 to 12 times. And it's one that I would recommend for every single Christian to get. And in this book, I want you to notice a couple of these statements. The book is entitled, When Did You Die? When did you die? It says this, it is most important for us to understand... What are the characteristics of the self-life? And how impossible it is when under its sway to live a spiritual life and to yield spiritual weapons in the service of God. It is useless exhorting the flesh to be spiritual, and yet the flesh seeking to live a spiritual life and calling itself spiritual is the meaning of the discrepancy in so many Christian lives of today. We get light on our minds, spiritual phrases on our tongues... And call our work spiritual. While we ourselves lift after the flesh in a greater or lesser degree all the time. The last enemy destroyed in the Christian life is self. You see, self dies hard and it will make any concession to live. Self will permit the believer to do anything and give anything and say anything and sacrifice anything and be anything. Go anywhere, take any liberties, bear any cross, afflict any soul or body to any degree. Anything if it can only hold sway and live. We're selfish. At the core of every single one of us, we're selfish. Paul understood it greatly when Paul made the statement, I die daily. But Paul also was making that statement while understanding, as he said, the things that I'm supposed to do and know to do, those things I don't do. It's the things that I know I'm not supposed to do. I keep giving in to those things. Why? Because the greatest battle we face every single day is not the battle of this world. It's not the battle with Satan. It's the battle within. It's the battle of self. You see, we exalt ourselves. We compare ourselves. We put ourselves up. And we look at others. And we make ourselves feel better only to realize that it's not about what others are doing. What are we doing for Christ? if you would stop comparing yourself with others and say, Lord, am I doing all that you would have for me to do, you'd stop feeling a little bit better about yourself. You say, are you saying that I shouldn't feel good about myself? What I'm saying is that the more that you look in the Word of God and see yourself for who you truly are, you realize that you ought to appreciate the grace of God more and more in your life. We look far too often... At the world's conditions and at Christians who aren't doing anything. And the reality of it is this. We could all do a little bit more. Every single one of us. Paul made certain things very clear in Scripture. And we see those things. I die daily. Peter makes this statement that he would go and he would die. Lord, they might not. But Lord, I'm going to stand. And he didn't adhere or listen or yield to those warnings. Number one, we see that Peter was willing Number two, if you would, notice with me Peter's warnings. In verse number 30 of Mark 14, it says, And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. I wonder tonight, what are some of those warnings that you're not listening to tonight? You want to stand out for the Lord. And all throughout Scripture, there are warnings. You've heard it preached for years and years and years that there are people who say that when they read the word of god it's as though that jesus just doesn't want us to have fun no he's trying to protect us he's trying to show us that what this world has to offer isn't all that it's crocked cro- cracked up to be and that, that, hey all of the the things that you'll find the pleasures they're they're all for a season but sin eventually will have its ruin in your life man Time and time again, we look at the Word of God and we understand the warnings and preachers will stand behind the pulpit and preach the Word of God and they'll explain all of those warnings that are right before us. Red flag, don't go here. Red flag, don't do this. All of those things are found in Scripture, yet we're not listening to those warnings. And then we get bitter at God and say, Lord, the circumstances that are in my life are your fault because you've allowed these things. No, you've done these things to yourself. You see, you're standing out, but are you standing out doing for good? Are you standing out missing out on all that God has for your life? Peter is making statements, Lord, I will die for you. I will do this for you. And he's not listening to the warnings that Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to deny me three times. It's as though as Jesus was making that statement that it went in one ear and out the other ear. And Peter never even understood it. Because if he had, he would have stopped for just a moment. He'd say, what do you mean? I don't want to deny you. How do I I stop this? How do I make sure, Lord, if you're saying I'm going to deny you, I don't want to deny you. So what are the things that I need to do? But he doesn't. Because of the self-confidence that he had in himself. Peter missed the warnings. It was once said, we cannot blame God for our failures. For he had long before warned us so we would not fall and we would not fail. You say, where do we find him? Right here. You know, we joked about it. The one statement that the preacher made a couple of years ago that I relayed to you where he was in a, a meeting and there was someone who was talking to him and he was dealing with this individual. And the person said, I really just wish I could hear from the Lord audibly. And the preacher looked at him and said, well, start reading your Bible aloud. And we laugh about that. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes that's exactly the testimony we're living Lord, I want to hear from you. And He's speaking. He's speaking to us. The Holy Spirit's dealing with us. But it's just not enough, isn't it? Peter was willing. Peter's warnings are evident here. Notice with me Peter's words. Peter's words are found as you go to the book of Matthew for just a moment. Look with me in verse number 20, or Matthew 26, verse number 33. As you come to this portion of scripture, you see that the Bible says Peter answered and said unto him, verse number 33, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said, said unto him, verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Follow with me on down verse number 58 if you would. You see, the Bible says, but Peter followed afar off. Fast forward, if you would, to verse number 69. As you come to verse number 69 of Matthew 26, the Bible says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Notice with me, the first word that we see is a deceiving word. Peter flat out lies. He doesn't even just sugarcoat it. He just says, No, I don't know the man. What a deceiving statement Peter made. And can I stop for just a moment? This is something to understand that in this moment, the people were associating Peter with Jesus Christ. I wonder this evening, what are we associated with? Who are we associated with? If someone were to walk up to you and let me just pause for a moment, maybe you're, you're sitting there maybe something happened or maybe you're sitting in a group of people that are having a filthy conversation or maybe you're hanging around people that are doing things that they ought not be doing or maybe you even are laughing at a joke that you ought not be laughing at and someone walks up to you and says, hey, I thought you were a Christian. Can I share with you instead of getting offended that they brought that to your attention, can you just rejoice in that God's trying to still work in your life? Yeah, Far too often we get mad. How dare you point out that I'm a Christian? What kind of logic is that? You ought to be thankful that someone recognizes that you associate with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord is trying to get your attention, and Peter is being associated with the Lord right here, and he says, I know not what thou sayest. No swimming. And when he was gone, verse number 71, into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were, with the, that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. These were not only deceitful words, these were dishonoring words. Jesus ain't another man. He's the Son of God. Jesus is head and shoulders above all else. And Peter here is belittling in the sense of as he is saying, I know not the man. Imagine with me for just a moment making such a statement. Verse number 73 And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them for thy speech bereath thee then he began then began he to curse and to swear saying I know not the man and immediately the cock crew notice with me the third thing about Peter's words is these were dirty words Peter begins to curse Peter begins to swear and it's in this exact moment right here that Peter is is troubled and as you know in verse number 73, I mean 75 here, the Bible says and Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice and he went out and wept bitterly. I'm sure every single one of us have said something that we ought not say before. We've probably dishonored the lord with our words we've probably deceived others at times because we just wouldn't be true to being a christian and i wonder if it was in this moment that in peter's life that god began to etch in his heart as you go back and you look at how the lord would go on to use peter and in first peter chapter number three verse number 15 the bible says but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now I wonder as Peter was penning those words in 1 Peter, chapter number 3, verse number 15, as his mind went back to this moment right here. Surely thou art the man that's with this man. Surely you know this, this Jesus of Galilee. I know not what thou sayest. I know not the man. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. That's called the circumstances of life and growing through those things. As you study the life of Peter, you'll find that there were some things that Peter did as he was commanded to strengthen the brethren. He goes on to strengthen the brethren. Did Peter go through it the hard way? Maybe so. But Peter was wise enough to retain some of these things. And Peter begins to say again in verse number 15 of 1 Peter 3, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. As you come here, you see, go back with me if you would to Luke. Luke 22, we're wrapping it up. I wonder tonight if you want to stand out. In Luke 22, you see Peter's willingness. You see the warning that is before him. You see the words that he begins to express. The saddest part about all of it is, look with me in verse number 60. The Bible says, and Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest, And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew, verse number 61, I can't imagine this verse right here. I can't imagine recalling everything that the Lord Jesus had just told you was going to take place. And in this moment right here, you say, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately when he spake, the cock crew, and notice this, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. It's as though if I'm using Jaden here for just a moment as Peter. It's as though that Jesus may have been in, in, in just enough distance. Whereas Peter is speaking to the man and he says these words, man, I know not what thou sayest cock crows, that it's as though Jesus slowly just turns to him. They lock eyes for just a moment. Peter begins to recall every moment over that night that just took place. Everything that Jesus had just told him. And in his soul, in his heart, it's as though it burns, I imagine, as he says. Did it really just happen? Look with me in verse number 61. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. Can I ask you this question tonight? Does it even break your heart? anymore when you sin against God does it break your heart whenever God is presenting an opportunity right before you to share the gospel and you say Lord I don't have time for this does it even break your heart any longer when the Lord says I'm trying to use you and you say Lord and that's not where I want to be used Does it even break your heart any longer whenever you're sitting under the preaching of the Word of God, you're sitting under the teaching of the Word of God, you're in your own devotional life, and the Holy Spirit is beginning to deal with you, but as you begin to read or you begin to listen or you begin to understand all that God is trying to do in your life, it's as though you tune them out and you turn off everything. Does it break your heart any longer? You see, one of the main issues that we are finding in our nation is not a sin issue because of the government. It's not an an issue because of uh, the politicians. It's because Christians have lost their tears. It's because Christians have lost their sensitivity to the Word of God. Christians are no longer being obedient Christians to the Word of God and what God would have for them to do. Christians are no longer looking at sin the way sin ought to be looked at. We've sugarcoated it. We've shoved it underneath the rug. And we've we've tried to hide it. And we've tried to point and deflect on all of the issues that are obvious issues. All the while, the Lord is saying, Yeah, but when are you going to give attention to this? When are you going to start getting back to the Word of God? When are you going to start getting back to the commandments of God? you want to, to make a difference on Capitol Hill? Go reach Capitol Hill with the gospel. Or you want to make a difference in your community and in the, the areas that are a little bit rougher? Go share Jesus with them. We say, oh, I don't have time for that. You see, at the end of the day, every single one of us is going to stand out. You say, what do you mean by that? There are people that are watching us every single day. They notice us. They see how we live. They see what we do. They see the conversations we have. They see the things we laugh at. They see the the things that we go and the places we eat at and the places we, we go to and the things that we do concerning our fellowship and the people we hang out with. And they are seeing all that. And they are saying, you're standing out. And while they're watching, can I point out someone far greater than them that is watching That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, oh, and I wonder tonight if you were to put your name in place of this. The Lord was looking down at my life. He says, Josh, you're you're standing out. But you're not standing out for good. If it would even break our hearts. The Lord would look down and say, oh, Josh, you're standing out. And man... You're doing a great work, and Lord, Lord, uh, Josh, keep going on and keep pressing on and keep doing what I've called you to do. Keep moving forward and keep living for me. I wonder if that would be the case for you. Which one of it is going to be our lives? Is the Lord going to look down on our lives and say, Oh, you're standing out? Not quite the way I want you to stand out. You're standing out, but you're hindering, you're hurting, you're not helping. As the Lord looked down and say, oh, you're standing out, and praise Jesus, you're standing out. Whew. You see, Peter was willing. Peter made some statements that I truly believe Peter made because he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. But Peter forgot one thing. If he were going to get to the place where he wasn't going to deny the Lord in such a difficult situation like that, when everyone was against Jesus, he was about to go to crucifixion, and they're looking at Peter and saying, wait a second, you're one of his followers. He couldn't do it by resting in himself. He needed the power of God. He needed to rest in the Lord. He didn't heed the warnings. So we see his words. We see that he wept bitterly. I wonder tonight, are you standing out? You're standing out, but how do you determine, how do you desire to stand out tonight? You say, oh, it's just not a big deal, you know. It's just, if other people stand out, the Lord will use them. I, I'm just kind of, you know, if, as long as I just go through the motions, it'll be okay. No, no, listen, listen. You don't have to answer to me. You don't have to answer to your family. There's coming a day when you're going to have to answer to an almighty God. You say, oh, you stood out, not the way you were meant to. I wonder tonight if you'd commit to the Lord, Lord, I want to stand out. I want to stand out for good. Give it all to Him. Sell out to God and say, Lord, I'm yours. Lord.